Welcome to Do That Well. I'm your host, Brenda Brown, and virtually along my side, Miss Karen Thrall. <laughs> Coming in with the disco moves. <laughs> that's that's what I got. That was it. That was my dance right there. <laughs> that's all we get. Maybe in another year's time, we'll get more of your fantastic. <laughs> Maybe my feet. I'll add some feet to it next time. <laughs> Okay. Well, today on Do That Well, we have something a little different than our normal format. We're doing an episode that is about allyship. And the catalyst for Karen and I to do this episode is the fact that we're currently within Black History Month. And we got to thinking, well, we have this platform that we use to connect with people. So how can we show up as allies during Black History Month? And that got us down this path of wanting to take some time to learn and learn some history that we don't know personally. And as we were on this journey together, all of a sudden, I know for myself, I found myself just inundated with all of this knowledge that I just didn't even know was out there. And it got me thinking like, well, I'm not being a good ally then. I thought I was being a good ally, but I'm not because look at all of this information that exists that I had no idea was out here. And then- The same way. Yeah. Right? And so then Mm -hmm. we found ourselves Mm -hmm. thinking, well, okay, this episode can't just be about educating about Black history. This episode just needs to be about this larger conversation and how we can show up as allies. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. In a nutshell. Some of my highlights that has a takeaway for me that I didn't realize until we were studying for this episode. So already I feel a growth, you know, and, and that, that posture of learning. It's if I, you know, it's not, it's not for us to be the experts. It's for us to be the students. Like we don't know. And so we're doing an episode that we know we don't know. Some of the things I noticed that I'm naturally thinking, and I have been for several months, is I love saying my American brothers and sisters. Okay, I love (laughs) saying my American brothers and sisters. And then I went, oh, wow, that's that's true to my heart. That inclusivity, including everybody and every everybody's history pages are woven into my history pages. It is our history as Americans, as American brothers and sisters. So the, the information that I've been gleaning off of and reading about just strengthened that inside me. So that's something that has really come alive in me. And um, it, it's like it found me and I found this part of my voice that I'm really liking. It is Black History Month, yes. But as you said, we aren't coming as experts in this topic, we are coming as learners, as I think we tend to do with most of our material, really. (laughs) We're lifetime learners. But this particular topic, it's so important that, you know, as an audience members, you know that for us, this journey is so much about learning. We want to learn and we want to encourage you all to learn. So before we get into our conversation about allyship, we do still want to share some of what we learned with you all. And Karen, I'm going to ask you to start. Yeah. Okay. 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 So how it started for me uh, when, so Brenda, Brenda was the one, she said, you know, it's Black History Month. Do you want to do an episode? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Yes. 
And um, so getting on, you know, researching Google and history makers, but here's what I've noticed about myself. I was drawn to world changers. I found myself, like, if I put a theme over all the people I was looking at, I could summarize them as world changers. They were change. They, they helped change and develop the United States and they, it went beyond their influence went beyond that. Maybe they're international, they're global. And that really appealed to me. And I started, I didn't know where to start. And so I found myself going, well, who passed in 2020 that I could maybe read about and learn about their lives. That's really recent. And of course, I spent time reading more about Kobe Bryant. He's one of the greatest NBA players of all time. I uh, read some about Chadwick Boseman, who's the captivating award-winning actor who's awesome. And he's also um, humanitarian and very community focused. So it was, I got very inspired by him. I read about Charlie Pride, who's a, who's a famous world-renowned country music singer, and he marked the history pages of the United States in big ways. Uh, Cicely Tyson, seven generations as an actor and model, seven, seven decades, I mean, seven decades, sorry, not generations, seven decades as an actress and model. Like, what? You know, it was just so exciting to learn about. And then that led me to where what I would like to share with with you all today. And I'm going to quote Chadwick Boseman. So, and he said this, he said, I'm going to, I got to hear my notes. Purpose is the essential element of you. It is the reason you're on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. And I went, see that that's a world changer statement purpose that purpose that burns in each one of us and what i notice consistently and as i mentioned uh, what i'm going to be talking about ultimately this burning passion desire to use their talent their voice their heart their soul to make the world a better place and black history month uh, and and studying my community, my brothers and sisters, my American brothers and sisters who were world changers, who had a purpose. And in everything they did, they had this purpose. And that's where I'm going to leap from for today. That's amazing. I love that quote. That's a really, mm-hmm. really touching. Like, yeah. and, and you can yeah. see, as you're saying here, and you can see it's, it's this world changing mentality right? It's really outside of himself and looking at the world at large and how do we better mm-hmm. ourselves like as a community, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's really beautiful. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so good. So the person that I wanted to bring to the table, I also learned a lot that I didn't even realize was out there. And as I said earlier, I was honestly a little disappointed with myself as we went into this topic. I thought that I was more aware than I am, clearly, because <laughs> there was so much for me to learn. And the person that stuck out to me that I wanted to share today is um, a woman by the name of Josephine Baker. So Josephine Baker was a dancer and an activist. Surprised that it was a creative dancer person that I was drawn to to (laughs) 
learn more about. But what was really cool to me that stood out about Josephine Baker, so she was a dancer in the 1920s, and she actually spent a good majority of her life living over in France. But she did tour as a dancer in the United States as well. And in the 50s, when she was living in France at this point, but touring in America with shows, she realized how much um, racism, basically, that she experienced compared to the other places that she had been in the world that her performance had taken her. And so in 1963, on the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, she was one of the very few women that was invited to speak at that march. And she said at this march, you know, friends, that I do not lie to you when I tell you I have walked in the palaces of kings and queens and into the houses of presidents and much more. But I could not walk into a hotel in America and get a cup of coffee. And that made me mad. And that really stuck wow. out to me wow. that wow. even, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, for her to see such a disparity in the way that she was treated in America compared to these mm-hmm. other places in the world. And it, it was just so telling to me of mm-hmm. the, the climate that we have. Um, I mean, this was 1963, so we've mm-hmm. come some way since then, but it's not gone, right? And the thing is the contrast between her experiences outside of our nation and her experience in her home nation. This is her home United States, she's an American. Um, it draws you in to go, wow, the contrast in 1963 compared to the rest of the world where she traveled. And if I can, one last thing that I found to be really fascinating and interesting. Well, she she was a very interesting woman. You should, you should look into her because she had a lot of really cool things that she did with her life. But another thing is she was so behind this message of loving all communities and creeds and colors and races that she throughout her life actually adopted 12 different children of varying race, racial and ethnic backgrounds. And she would call them her rainbow tribe, which I thought was really beautiful that she just as an individual took it upon herself to surround herself with her own rainbow tribe by adopting 12 different children of different, you know, ethnic backgrounds. So amazing. I found that really inspiring. Wow. Her mother heart. So there again. Okay. So there again, world changer, no matter what she set her heart to, she went all in 12. She adopted 12 children from different ethnic groups and they became her children, her rainbow tribe. And again, she lived from her heart. She lived from a place of purpose. She was famous for being a dancer. She was world famous. Uh, and, And her purpose was she ignited dance. She awakened dance in a lot of men and women. She let a lot of, including you, <laughs> Brenda, being an inspiration, a role model, a mentor. And it didn't stop there. It went. She went beyond that. She went into even herself as a mom. She was like, how can I be a world-changing mom? Well, in terms of Josephine Baker, I will actually throw out one more fun fact just because I thought it was interesting. 
She also was a spy for the French military during World War II because she was in this position where she got to perform for all of these people in high places. If she ever heard things, she would she would then bring that intel uh, to the French Air Force. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. She's just a really fascinating woman from our history that I encourage all of you to look into as well as the people that you named off Karen and many mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Many, I know countless. Okay. But there it is again. There it is again. She, whatever her heart was in, she was a hundred percent in. And, and I think as I read these wonderful history pages, there is a cost involved. It's not flippant. There was such a deep purpose filled commitment in her life that it led her to become a spy and a mom with 12 children and a world-renowned dancer who dined with kings and queens. I, you just go like, I, I don't know anybody today who's got such a broad, broad resume. It, it just realizes, it makes me want to remind myself that purpose that I want to live by is so much bigger than me. And to keep myself open. And sometimes it's going to cost something. It might cost me something, but look at the impact it has. So that's really cool. At this point, I I would like us to segue. Let's segue into our allyship conversation (laughs) because that is really something that is important to Carrie and I, and we want to make sure we spend some time talking about today, this idea of allyship. So as I said, For myself, as I started to research into different changers and wave makers and world changers, um, I found so much more information just about people from other cultures and backgrounds as well. And then I currently live in the Bay Area. I'm in Oakland. And as we were prepping for this episode, I started to learn of these different Asian American hate crimes that are on the rise. Um, So Asian American hate crimes in general have been on the rise in the last year. Um, That was something that hit a personal nerve for me because my mom is an immigrant. She immigrated from Thailand when she was in her early to mid 20s. And I grew up as somebody that is of mixed race And all of a sudden, I'm seeing people that I can identify with and remind me of, you know, my mom and my relatives, and it's getting this media attention. Even though it's Black History Month, I saw that people were coming in solidarity to be there for the Asian community. And this is actually something that's a little unique because historically, Asian Americans haven't gotten as much media attention as being a part of um, the fight against racism. Uh, You know, I'm sure you've probably heard the name model minority thrown out there when it comes to Asian Americans. And it's, it's very, it's very Mm -hmm. in depth. So we're not going to go all the way there right now, but all this is to say that it made us realize how important it is for all of us to have an understanding of being a good ally and showing up for people of all different races and cultures because mm-hmm. the ultimate problem that they're all facing in different ways is systemic racism. How do we just 
come together as a community to combat the ultimate problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big how, obviously. We, yeah. we can't answer this today, right. but we want to start thinking awareness. about it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's bringing something in the back of our mind to the forefront of our mind. And it's, it's I, the word allyship, when you brought that word up for us, I was like, that's such a great word. And I'm really glad we're calling the podcast that allyship. We, it, you know, you think of friendship. Uh, friendship is when two friends are in agreement and they form a bond between each other and they work together and they, they're connected. The, each other becomes familiar. Uh, each other's strengths become encouragement. And in their weakness, they, they prop each other up. It's friendship. So it's a, it's, a, it's a bond. And so you think of allyship. There is a bond that we all come together. Again, the brothers and sisters, our American brothers and sisters, is the beginning of allyship. It's where we say, I see you and you see me. And I will, we're going to invest in each other and we're going to build a bond of agreement you know, between each other. And I think another big thing that helped, that really spoke to me this month was um, I'm seeing past myself. Allyship is when you see past yourself and you really do uh, look around you and, and everybody has an element of intrigue and that connection, inclusivity, belonging. And again, this is a short podcast but maybe you know the people listening maybe with your friends maybe I would love to hear if you have any feedback on what allyship means to you and teach us you know people that are listening or have conversations with the, your community and let us know so that we can continue learning but what is allyship truly and what do we do about it how do I become better at it how do I become more knowledgeable of it and more committed to it it just breaks my heart because it's, there's no rhyme or reason. Like I did read an article of an elderly man being physically abused, an Asian elderly man in the San Francisco area being physically abused from behind. You know, he wasn't, he was just walking. And you think, what is that? How do we change the current? How do we change the atmosphere? How do we do a 180? How do we practice the absolute opposite of that? I will not harm you from behind, but I will, I will um, lock arms with you and help you cross the street. Like, how do we do that? And because it's so beautiful, and I'm, I'm, I just don't know what the first steps are, except maybe what we're doing right now is a first step for us. Uh, what I like about what you just said a moment ago. Uh, this how do we take it and turn it around. You have to actively be out there trying to find ways that, as we were saying earlier, ways that you can be allies. And I'm discovering for myself that that's actually really difficult. It takes work. Uh, Pretty much like everything we talk about on Do That Well, it takes work. And you know, again, I thought that I was a good ally. I thought that I was out there doing the things that I needed to do and doing the work. And clearly I was wrong because I I wasn't. (laughs) I I wasn't being vocal enough about it. I wasn't having enough conversations about it. And, you know, it needs to start somewhere. And it's uncomfortable. It is. 
Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, I was scrolling here because I remembered a story that I think feels like it ties into what you're saying, Brenda. So, um, and I was looking for it going, ah, and I did find it. Charlie Pride lived in Montana. So the country singer, Charlie Pride. And in, I'm going to just read it because it'll be easier to just read it. In a 1967 interview with the Helena Independent Record, Charlie Pride's wife, Rosine Pride, commented that the family encountered minor racism in Montana, citing an incident where they were refused service in a restaurant and another time when a realtor refused to show them a home. And then she goes, this is the part that made me think of what you just said. But she felt that the family endured less racism than she saw leveled against local Native American people whose treatment she compared to that given to Black people in the South. Hmm. Uh, Wow. So here we are talking about Black History Month, Rosine Pride, compassion, and her, her eyes to see her fellow brothers and sisters who are Native Americans were being treated what she believed was worse than her. And so she drew attention well, yeah, okay, sure, there are moments, but my heart, I want to draw attention to actually my brothers and sisters, the Native Americans and in Montana at that time. And that's a, that would be another example is we, we. And for her to highlight her, her community outside of herself, she went outside of herself and she saw outside of herself what she wanted to address that she felt was worse than what she experienced. That's inspiring to me. That to me, that is a role model. That is a, another solution on how to overcome these prejudices, these barriers between us all that don't need to be there at all. They don't need to be there. And, and it's time. It, we're, we're in a season now. It's time. It's time to, to extend my hand. And, and that when you were saying that, what can we do actively? It's that physical expression of unity. It's the physical expression of brothers and sisters of, of the American people. It's that expression. And it's in the small things. It's in, it's in, you know, people know when they feel respected. People can feel that. There is an, there is an energy you can give off to let someone know, I respect you. So what you just said then actually triggered this thought for me, which is remembering that the experiences are different, right? So the black community is going to have a different experience. They're going to experience racism in a different way than the Asian American community who is going to feel it in a different way than the Native American community, so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. Mm -hmm. They're all very different experiences in the way that they experience racism the bigger problem that is systemic racism, it even will pit different races mm. against one another. To to hold, and now we're arguing with each other where we could band together and again fight the bigger issue. And and I, that's I'm, I'm hearing you make a call to to me and to the listeners. Can we call ourselves to being really choosing relatability? really choosing this allyship, can we just, even if we all move forward 10%, we're going to make a huge difference. 
And so I'm, I think it's great. And I really do, Brenda, when you brought up, and I full credit to you because you brought up as an as an idea. And I went, I'm loving this. And I remember even reading the email, I, I went, okay, I'm loving this. I don't know how to do this, but I'm so in. And I, I really appreciate that. I, um, I want to bring up something else that tweaked a thought. And I just, again, looked here. I'm, I'm not used to having notes when we talk, but it's so important that I get it right. I read an article and I cannot stop reading it. I've gone to, back to it four or five times. So I'm going to share it with everybody. And it's from theconversation.com. Um, the author is Tyrone McKinley Freeman. He's an assistant professor of philanthropic studies, director of undergraduate programs, uh, Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Okay. So I don't know who he is. This is the article I read and it really caught my attention. What I learned from him is, oh, I, I, I would like to find the quote here. So let me, um, let me find it. Oh, just speak amongst yourselves for a second. <laughs> here it is. Here it is. I'm going to read it directly. The West African people put into slavery, that were put into slavery, brought cultures of giving and sharing with them across the Atlantic. They brought the culture, listen to those words, they brought the culture of giving and sharing with them. In 1847, for example, the enslaved Africans in Richmond, Virginia, donated money through their church to Ireland's potato famine relief efforts. Wow. They brought the culture of giving and sharing with them gives me goosebumps. <laughs> he says, I believe that their, their ways of looking after others and pooling resources to survive forms the basis of giving by African Americans today. And so I, as I was reading, the, he, he then goes into all these uh, Black philanthropists 1766, like he's going way back and how they were so generous. And in all their wealth, uh, the man he mentioned was James Forden. In all his wealth, he gave. In all his wealth, he shared. And it's part of our brothers and sisters, our American brothers and sisters. So I thought that also really uh, ties into your allyship that you're talking about. Definitely. This idea that it, as you said, it's, it's generosity, it's holding mm -hmm. space for others, it's mm -hmm. thinking outside yourself, all these things that we've been talking about. But you started to touch a little bit on this idea that um, we aren't going to be perfect in it, right? And I think that that's a nice closing note for us today and something that is really important as we end on this call to arms for allyship that we do need to have some leeway with one another and some understanding that we're all still learning and that no one is doing this perfectly. And, and that's okay. Because if you let that hold you back from forming camaraderie with somebody, if he's like, none of us are going to do this perfectly just because we all uh, are feeling some, some sort of, racism doesn't mean that all of a sudden we know how to perfectly eradicate it, right? And so I think that's a really important aspect of all of this is to have compassion for each other 
and give people the benefit of the doubt that mm-hmm. they want to learn and they want to get better mm-hmm. and until you're proven otherwise. Um, but mm-hmm. don't generalize either. Like try and take it on an individual basis. One person is mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not the representative of their entire yeah. Culture and yeah. race. <laughs> yeah. And 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 the um many times People don't even know, including myself, you, everybody listening. Sometimes we don't even know we're we're acting, saying, doing something that's not that's not part of the allyship. We don't we don't know. So to be shared that information, so I can press reset inside me. I want you to share information with me. If you know things like you know, Karen, I'm not sure if you know this. I just wanted to educate you a little bit. Oh man, I will eat that up. Please educate me. And that's what you're saying. Give, I would love the benefit of the doubt because especially in this season, I am on board. I am on board. <laughs> and, and for people to come to me and go, I'd like to educate you a little bit more here. And I'm hoping what I think will happen on this episode is I think we will get that. I hope we get that. I'm, I'm kind of expecting emails, texts, phone messages, whatever coming in because this is we are all we're doing is kickstarting something. It's messy and it's maybe a little bit naive on some parts, uneducated on other parts, but it's sincere. We're sincere, and right. we're saying yes, and we're excited about it. And it's it. it I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. That generosity, that sharing, that giving, that inclusivity, that belonging that I'm see you and you see me and that contribution to this allyship. I'm, and so I'm hoping we'll, we'll get some good response from the listeners. Yeah. I, I, I hope so too, because as you said, I, I'm sure this wasn't perfect. I know that we there, I'm sure there's other relevant information that could have been brought to the table. There's other language that we probably could have used at certain points in our conversation, but we're learning and we're here Mm -hmm. starting a conversation and saying, I want to be an ally. I want to be actively anti-racist. I don't know how right now. So let's have a conversation about it. Let's talk about it. Let's learn. Let's educate ourselves. And all we can hope for is that we're going to do better. And I hope we all learned something today. I know I did. All right. We'll see you guys next week.